So if you've been uh, uh, attending regularly here at the harbor, you'll know that we've been doing the book of John. So we uh, ended last week on John chapter 19, uh, verse 16. So I'm going to pick up, pick this up, the crucifixion story. So Pilate delivered Jesus over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews came to Pilate, said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier and also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciples whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. received the sour wine he said it is finished and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit since it was a day of preparation and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross of the, on the sabbath for that sabbath was a high day the jews asked pilate that their legs might be broken that they might be taken away so the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him but when they came to jesus and saw that he was already dead they did not break his legs but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, so that you also may believe. But these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, They will look on him whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. In verse 30, the, the words that we are recording is Jesus last while he was on the cross, where it is finished. And 
sometimes the word finish has a negative connotation to it. Like sometimes if you're uh, in a business and it runs out of money and it has to terminate, you have to say to your employees, we're all finished. We're, you know, and there's a negative tone to it. But there's tone of Jesus when he's on the cross is really the words I use. It's actually in the, in the movie, The Passion of the Christ. The translation of the Aramaic there goes, it is accomplished. And I think that's a much better way of looking at Jesus' last words because he said, you know, it is finished. Yes, his work on earth in a human body was finished, but just at the same time, his mission as a, from his time on earth, his 33 or so years that he was in ministry, it was not only finished, but it was accomplished. And when we think of accomplished, what we think of is, yeah, something positive happened. I fulfilled my mission. I completed what I was sent to do. That's exactly what Jesus did. So although Good Friday, as we call it, is a not in any way to understate the un, you know the unbearable suffering and just the sheer goriness and viciousness of the execution method that the Romans used for non-Roman citizens of crucifixion. Um, it was the end of Jesus' mission. It was the accomplishment of what he was sent down on earth to do, and that was to die in our place. We talk, you know, we talk about we're saved by grace through faith. What that means is we're saved by grace, which means unmerited favor, which is undeserved favor. Jesus did not deserve to die because he was perfect. But his life and his death, even as a perfect, as a perfect, was a substitute, as a perfect uh, lamb, I guess, a sacrifice for us. It was the bridge between our sinfulness this vast gulf. I sort of view it as like the Grand Canyon. There's no way we can ever get to the side of God's holiness and be right with Him except through Jesus. And when Jesus died on that cross on this Friday, His death and His resurrection uh, on the first day of the week is what set the bridge in place to go from our sinfulness to cover our sinfulness to God's holiness. So I want us to keep in mind today the theme of uh, it is finished is also it means it is accomplished and Jesus did that.